Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Hi folks, welcome to Flipping Dreams. I'm your host, Heather Renee May, but today it's all about Dottie. I'm gonna take you to Dallas, Texas, where you will get to meet Dottie's first foster mom, Kelly King, and also hear all about the Connie Rosso Rescue, which does amazing things in Texas by saving dogs, bringing them out of shelters, placing them in their foster home system, and then finding them forever homes. But the unique thing about this is that Connie Rosso is a restaurant company. It's pizza, pizza to pups. So we're going to hear all about this journey. You are listening to Flipping Dreams. I don't know you, Judy, I don't think, but um, to listeners, Kelly is Dottie's first foster mom. And um, so we owe her so much because Dottie's amazing. Everyone loves Dottie. Everyone loves Dottie. Um, <laughs> I would agree. She's absolutely amazing. Every, definitely holds a place in, in my heart. Yes, yes. She is such a love bug. Um, and part of what I wanted to do is to share with listeners like more about Connie Rosso, how it came about. How'd you go from pizza to pups? And, um, <laughs> and also, um, I would love to, I mean, even just talking through like Dottie's journey and what some of these dogs journeys, like what, what they go through and what services you provide. And I don't know where exactly you want to start in that. And I don't know. Yeah, I'm, this is pretty free form. So. Perfect. Well, yeah. um, so let's introduce Judy Warren first, who is actually one of my best friends, started out as a client of mine from my official job, because um, dog rescue is not our full-time jobs. We uh, just enjoy it doing it in our free time, but uh, Judy was kind enough to get roped in and, and brings a lot of the organization and, and just awesome business mentality skills where I just have a passion for dogs. So it, it is a great balance for us. Um, and so I also really have a passion for dogs. You like do, but I, I'm the crazy. <laughs> very true. Very, very true. But, uh, I do not know how to organize or, or have the business function. So if it was without Judy, we'd have 900 dogs running around and nobody to take care of them. So there's a good yin and yang here. Um, Cause sadly there are over 900 dogs at any point in time that need help. So uh, Judy can tell you all the stats about our organization. Like when we started and how many dogs we've rescued. And I'll try and think of how many that have come through my house um, following. I'm going to call her Cleo yeah. cause I always did, but that oh, was her sorry. first name. But yes. now it's Dot now. So I have, which whenever she's had a name change. Yeah. When we, when we can visit, she, you're allowed to call her Cleo. And I also call her like yeah. Cleo Dottie. Like it's like Cleopatra, but yeah. Cleo Dottie. Like, yeah. anyway, no, it's and fine. She's, it totally goes with her, but it's just mm. still a Cleo in my head, which I never really liked that name, but I have a dog named Rita and I still don't like that name, but it's just what was called during foster care. So it kind of just sticks with them for a while. So kudos to you for, for getting her a name that fits her better. So, well, Jay, well, if you want you know, to, <laughs> Cleo and I actually have uh, have a history as well. You do because, absolutely. Um, Cleo came to my house for a few days, and um, we actually had a, a coffee date in McKinney, um, where we sat and enjoyed some uh, enjoyed coffee outside and watched the world go by upon a failed potential uh, adoption meet and greet. But we had a good time. She was waiting so, yeah, for Heather. So, yeah, Cleo's, she was waiting for you. Uh, so yeah, we've had fun. So, so tell me what, what it was like when you first, um, tell me Dot's journey, because I think that's, so many people know Dottie, <laughs> that yep. it, that's really going to be really impactful to hear, like, what, what, and also I love to hear her story too, so. Yeah, yeah, Kelly, you do that. And I'll probably mess it up because I hate to say it, but Dottie's journey was overcome or overshadowed a little bit by another dog we also broke her out of prison with. So um, both of both her and a dog named Bo, who who also holds a special place in her heart, um, were at Harris County, which um, here it, it's Houston, the city of Houston's main city shelter, and 
if a dog enters there within three days, it's usually euthanized, sadly. Um, and it just comes from a very um, diverse background um, with lots of different thoughts on how to care for dogs. So it's overrun with with horrible stories. Uh, Cleo was looked like she had just delivered babies um, and clearly um, emaciated as well, um, had heartworms and, and needed treatment for that. And then just overall just was in, in bad shape. Uh, the other dog that was there was a dog named Bo, um, mm-hmm. who was a lovely dog. And we broke them both out of, of I'm going to call it doggy prison, took them to a vet. And we got a call the next morning that Bo had eaten through the vet's walls and had to get, had to leave immediately because he had terrible separation anxiety. So what we were planning on doing was getting them vetting and taking, like letting them decompress at the vet and get medical care for a few days quickly became a catalyst for get them up from Houston immediately and find a ride now um, because of Bo's terrible separation anxiety um, and, and what he did to that vet's office, which thank God, knock on wood, they never sent us a massive bill for it, but I'm sure that that might be coming still if they remember what happened. Um, so it was a little bit overshadowed, but uh, they came up to our, our center and um, we have a center in Carrollton, Texas. We're, we're fortunate enough to have a place. Many rescues only operate on fosters. Um, and we try and get as many dogs as we possibly can into the foster and home environment. But sadly, that's not always a possibility. Um, so Bo lived, ended up living at the center for a very long time. But um, Cleo was able to come to my house. And she just she was just so wayfish. That's not even a word. I don't know what that is. But just just wanted to be on her own. So I originally just brought her to my house to decompress for a little bit, but it became clear that that disrupting her care would be pretty traumatic to her. Um, she just kind of sat on a dog bed for the first probably week um, out of the rush from all my other dogs. And then slowly she would show interest in things. Um, so it, it took her some time to get out of her, her, you know, shell and feel comfortable. And, and here um, at that time, I had two of my other, my own dogs who were pretty high energy and she was just kind of like, hey, cool, but um, I'm not going to fight with you. And I don't, but I really don't want you near me. Um, so I'll sit over here and you guys continue to go playing. Um, but over time, uh, she she kind of just grew into it and realized it wasn't, she was allowed to walk around without fear. She was allowed to go outside. Um, she infamously ate some of my windowsills mm-hmm. and got that out of the system. Um you know, oh, after me. she ate, ate one. Yeah, she, she, apparently she wanted to go out when I was at work or something like that. I have a dog door, so she usually can go in and out, but I guess it just got, it became a nervous tick. So we found that she likes bones. Um, and and uh, people would always laugh when they'd come over because I had like 15 bones everywhere, but it didn't matter because that was, gave her something to chew, which wasn't my windowsills um, and, and figured out what she liked. But which, overall, she just, she, which I just want to interject, like fun fact is like one of her favorite things to do is she has a bag of bones and I can just put it in the living room and she will one by one pull out each bone and oh, play yeah. for, for hours, like totally entertain herself. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So she's just, she absolutely was the sweetest. Um, so lived with, with me for, for a series of months. And at that time we were going through a transition um, at our rescue too, where we were trying to find more full-time help. And I remember getting Heather's um, application and it's like, woman from North Carolina wants to adopt in Texas. How is this going to work? But there just something stood out about it. So typically we don't, uh, we, we struggle with adopting out of state just because how to get the dog there and what happens if it doesn't work. And, and she was such a special dog that you really needed to take time to see through it. She wasn't going to come up and wag her tail and just kiss all over you and, and be jubilant. Um, so it, it really took a special person seeing the love that she could offer um, and, you know, allow her to become comfortable. And I'll never forget when Heather came to town and like you took her for one day and like, she kind of just shut down, right? She and she acted like she was hurt, and we didn't know what happened. And yeah, so she, came she had a and whole kind of freak out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it just it, it was a transition time, and thankfully everybody invested the time it took to get her comfortable. And then I, what? Six months after you ended up taking her, you came back, and she barely recognized me. She came for a play date, and I was like, "Hi, don't you remember me? Hi, I missed you so much." And she's like, "Yeah, nope, that woman over there. I'm gonna follow her everywhere she goes. I'm gonna freak <laughs> out if she if she leaves my sight." So it's 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 things like that that's so rewarding. Um, you know, it's heartbreaking when I see the dogs leave, but it's so rewarding when they um when I when I see them just flourishing and, and not remembering me at all uh, because they're just so happy. Aww. Yeah, and uh, Bo, if anyone wants to know what happened to Bo, he uh, he found himself also out of state, living in acres and acres 
and I forget which state he went to, but Kelly will remember, but living basically in a massive, you know, place with a lot of land and just running and having the best life. So they both went out of state and found their best lives. Now that you think about it, I think he actually was in North Carolina too. Um, oh, that's and, so and funny. resides there still. Yeah, so small world. That is, that is, you should, you should have like a reunion, a big, a big fundraiser adoption, but reunion for all, all of the. Yeah, that'd be yeah. great. Yeah. Because Bo's family actually, they adopted another dog from us as well. Yeah. And um, their son-in-law lives in Texas. Um, and, you know, small world, I'll never forget. They actually um, owned the travel agency in this, in the small town in New Jersey I grew up with. So it just kind of felt like a comfortable web of people that you just, it's funny how dog rescue brings you all together um but they still keep in touch and send pictures of them and, and everybody the dogs just found the right home and it was, it was wonderful that's so cool i'm gonna try and switch yeah. my audio real quick okay so that you can actually see me when i talk so let me know if you can't hear me in just a second so while she's doing that maybe i can give you a bit of background on on the rescue itself yes please um and and how you know how we've got to where we are and kind of the progress that we've made um the rescue was founded um, in the early sort of 2010s um, by Jay Jerrier, who is, who's the owner of the Canny Rostle um, restaurant local chain here in Texas. So he, um, a big pizza fan, has also been on Dinos Divings and Drives, very exciting, but um, really massive heart and loves, loves his dogs. And he had... Um, the name actually of the restaurant, the restaurant group Canny Rosso means red dog based on a, a dog that he actually had, one of his visualists. So he um, had basically gone down the route of um, following the little, the, I can't say it, Lily Tomlin quote, where she said, you know, I, I looked and said somebody should do something and I realized I was somebody. And, and he decided that, you know, he was somebody. And so he, uh, this dog had come into his life. He found a foster for it. So then he started taking more dogs and doing and, and finding more fosters um, on a very informal basis. Um, Kelly actually uh, fostered early on for uh, for Kelly Rosso, so she was involved at the inception. But in 2015, we actually opened a brick and mortar uh, facility out here in Carrollton, Texas, and um, it's not huge. It's big, you know, it's big enough. Um, for us to have a, a decent amount of dogs there, but at least it's a stop point as well for those that are heading uh, into foster. But it means that we are not dependent on having a foster before we pull a dog from a difficult situation. So, so that has been great. We, um, I actually got involved in, um, I want to say, twenty, the end of twenty fifteen, um, uh, twenty sixteen time. Uh, I, luckily, and I, I'd taken some time out of work, um, was having a, a, a year off, grown-up gap year, um, and just at the time we were looking for extra help at the, res at the rescue, so I, I got myself more involved with that. After Kelly had sneakily managed to um, get me to adopt my first dog, so um, she was a, a foster with Kelly, and she asked if I could look, look after her for just the weekend while she was out of town and, and that was it. She never left. So, and now I have two. So we're, you know, she's a, she's a, she's a pusher, a dog pusher. Um, but yeah, so back then, you know, I would say we were, we were very small. We had, we, I think we had, um, we had 11 kennels at the rescue um, and we had very small numbers of fosters. I mean, no more than like three to six dogs in foster at any one time. So limited. Um, by and how were you? And how were you the, hearing about these foster and or these dogs? Yeah, so so the so so the so the dogs obviously we get through um, connections with the shelters, with Facebook, people identifying it for us. Fosters again, we you, were working real quick. It is never hard, sadly, to find a dog in need. No, um, I mean the amount of times we are tagged in Facebook posts, we get emails, we get text messages, messages. It, it's it's inundating and, it, and it, it can absolutely devastate you too um you know but that's why thankfully judy helps balance us too in terms of we, we have a um a mission in terms we are sporting breed rescue that's how we started and there's rescue you know there's specific breed rescues out there we we, we try and 
Um, if it's a, a purebred dog, we try and get them to that specific breed so that we can really house the kind of mixed breeds that have some sporting lines in them, et cetera, just to, to try and coordinate as many across whatever rescues we possibly can, or small dog rescues, et cetera. But you don't have to look to find a dog yeah. in need. Sadly, mm. they will find you everywhere. Mm. You do, however, have to look to find a foster. And and we certainly found that in the beginning, you know, it was word of mouth, it was friends of friends. Um, and we, you know, we, we had a hard time in the beginning just building up that, that those foster numbers. Um, the advantage of fosters is that we, you know, if we're full in the center, we can still keep pulling dogs because we have somewhere to go. We, we were not in that position back in sort of 15, 16. We were we really needed the center to enable us to pull more dogs because our foster numbers were quite low. Um, however, we um, we currently are in a much, much better position. We've had a real, uh, from sort of 2018 onwards, we've had a real ramp up in, in, um, in awareness, in support, um, you know, both volunteers, financial, um, uh, you know, in-kind donations like, you know, toys and all that stuff it's really gone crazy which is which is excellent um because when we get more money it doesn't mean we have money it means we can get more dogs to spend the money on um so just some some of the that kelly will laugh at the boring facts and figures so yes. in 2018 we um we adopted were found permanent homes for 183 dogs which which we thought was amazing we were blown away um in 2019 we, uh, we set a target of 250. Um, our rescue director actually said 300 and we laughed at her and said, you know, let's set a realistic one. If we go over, great, but let's be realistic. Um, we actually found homes for 414 dogs in 2019. Wow. For 2020, we uh, set ourselves we set the target, again, trying to be realistic. Uh, of 366 so one one a day that was our basic target um, we so far this year have adopted 283 dogs uh, which means if we forecast it out we're probably going to break 500 this year wow um, that's so amazing it's amazing and I'm actually tearing up now yes <laughs> well, oh my gosh I'm the steady business one um, <laughs> so yeah I mean in the last year we the, if we count 18 19 and 20 we will have found homes for over a thousand dogs, mm. um, which is incredible. And then the other good news is with all of that and with the amazing effort that's gone in from, from our team at the center, from our director, our kennel techs, you know, all the volunteers, we, our foster numbers are growing. Um, you know, we, we, we used to, like I said, we had between three and six fosters at any one time. Uh, most recently, I think the most dogs we've had in foster has been over 40. Um, and we've gone to, you know, having an average of 15 to 18 dogs under our care at any one time to an average of somewhere between 45 and 50 at any one time. So, wow. I mean, we're, it's, it just tells you what the need is out there. As Kelly said, that number could be tenfold. Um, so when we start, to, you know, the, the support that we get and the support that we need, what it does is lets us dig in a little bit more into that need that's out there because the dogs never stop coming. Mm. Um, you know, COVID actually has been an interesting time for us because we have seen such a rise in fosters because people are at home and they're more willing to take, you know, take dogs because, hey, we're going to be at home, see how we go, break them in, you know, get comfortable with them. Um, so, so we're hoping that, you know, a good number of them will continue even when things go back to normal. But it is a, um, you know, it's just a great, it, it's a great position, but we want to keep doing more and more. So um, we actually just spoke with uh, some local press today and, you know, what we were emphasizing to them is, is awareness is key for us because the more people know about us, the more people are step forward and say, well, I could foster a dog short term, long term, you know, whatever's needed. Uh, we'll take it um, and also you know once we get back open you know we love having volunteers coming to the coming to this center just to you know take a dog for a walk we've had a couple of um you know runners who come in and say hey i'm going to go for a long run let me take a couple of the dogs that would be good for that so you know we are um we always say we're a very we're the most flexible volunteer organization you'll ever work with 
um, you know, sign your form and you, you're good to go. If you can give us 10 minutes, it's great. If you can give us, you know, three hours or a day, whatever you want to do, we'll do. We, um, we've been really privileged to work with a local, um, a local high school for in, individuals with special needs. And, and those kids have come in and spent time with our dogs. Uh, and just, I mean, it's just such an amazing experience when you watch them interacting with the dogs and, you know, making those bonds and they come back each week. And so, so we, we want to partner with the community is because we know that the, we know the power of loving a dog and what that can do for you. So as much as we want to, you know, move our dogs through, we want to help other, uh, other organizations too. And, and people will get that, you know, get the same joy that we all get right from the, from the dogs that we have. So, um, yeah, the last three years have been absolutely, um, absolutely mind blowing for us. And, you know, like I said, when you think about it, almost over a thousand dogs, that's thanks to you know like i said everyone at our rescues who's amazing but everyone out there who supports us is just it yeah it makes me a bit of an emotional wreck which is you know i'm meant to be the sensible one but i'm not always <laughs> no it's wonderful and you probably don't always have the time to like actually look back and see you know and actually right. you know take it in because you're so busy in the present like doing it um and i i mean i certainly appreciate your flexibility uh, because like Kelly said, you know, here I am, this, you know, strange woman uh, living in one state, going to another state, like <laughs> looking for a rescue dog. But I just felt very convicted that I was going to find uh, my forever little friend and it was going to be a Texas friend. And I went to one other place before um, and that just it didn't it was it, we didn't click. And then uh, when I walked into Kelly's house, um, Dot just came right up to me. <laughs> and, she, and she's just so sweet. So anyway, um, the not only and then not only that, the experience for me as someone who was adopting um, the generosity, like I got all of the information that I needed. I got a gift card to go to Connie Rosso for pizza. Mm -hmm. And I was actually talking to my girlfriend in Dallas um, a couple of days ago. And she was like, you know what? I remember when you first adopted Dottie because we went to Connie Rosso and we had that, that amazing flatbread. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's right. You were there. You were part of this journey. So um, anyway, it's just all around is such a wonderful, wonderful organization um, that I, you know, I can't say enough good things about, um, but I definitely, yeah, we appreciate that. oh yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm afraid, I mean, we are coming back to Texas at the end of October. Um, I'm so, uh, so the thing is, the thing about your Facebook is that it's very addictive and it's, <laughs> it's really, there's been about like 12 dogs on there that I've been really like, almost been like Kelly, um, would Dottie do okay with this dog? Because is Cecil one of them? Because he's sitting right here, and I think he'd be perfect for you. Really? Oh gosh! Don't... Wait, is what's his name? Cecil. Cecil. He's a big yellow lab. So um, you know, sometimes you get really easy stories, and other times you don't. And and his is a horrible story. Sadly, he um, lived down by the the border of Mexico. He's ten year old lab, sweet as can be, um, and now is like 13 teeth less because he never had any caries got heartworm but they just left him family picked up and moved from the house and left him in the backyard and they would come occasionally to feed, um, feed him and then realized oh the neighbor was also helping feed him because they were only coming every other day or so and so they then just stopped coming um, and luckily the neighbor called and reached out for help so um, he he's a sweet, sweet dog, but I call him Hopalong Joe as well because mm -hmm. he has um, bullet fragments in his leg that never got tended to and will forever be there. Um, so he is consistently limping, but you wouldn't know. It doesn't take out his spirit and he's just a sweet dog. Can I sit next to you and, and just be with you? Um, he just doesn't love like to be left alone because he got left in a backyard. So um, he's enjoying Aww. kind of going in and out of my house, but he, no issues completely house trained completely sweet if you're there loves it um but somehow they felt the need to leave him in a backyard by himself so, so i think he'd be great too oh, sweet sweet dog yeah well we're definitely we're gonna make another visit so um, as kelly was saying 
earlier and dot we had a little reunion <laughs> i wasn't sure if that was getting confused dot or not but anyway or cleo cleo dot uh but um <laughs> yeah <laughs> she she will respond to both both names if if i do call she does remember but um anyway we are going to come back and yeah i'm i'm afraid because i'm also like i only have a small camper trailer and <laughs> anyway <laughs> but um but yeah so um gosh like what what are some of the things that um i don't know i guess maybe if you could tell me like some of the 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 biggest stories that stand out to you of like, yeah. What are some of the moments? Yeah. Also, also like I am sure during this time that you've been doing this, you've had moments of like doubt and wondering like why you're doing this. Cause it's a lot of work. You guys put a lot of energy, a lot of effort into this. And so maybe also talking through some of that, like, um, yeah. what, what is, what has carried you through? So Kelly has some great individual stories, but maybe I'll just tell you one of the, the, the sort of a big collective one. Her memory is much better than mine, so she remembers the specifics of the uh, of the individuals. But um, in twenty beginning of, I guess it would have been twenty seventeen going into eighteen. Um, no, sorry, twenty eighteen. End of towards the end of twenty eighteen. Um, our new rescue director had just started with us. Um, she was very well connected, which was great. And she got a call about a severe hoarding situation in South Texas. And um, we didn't fully underst understand the, what, the extent to which the hoarding was taking place. But she had asked, you know, can I go down there? Can I go and, and help? and bring back some dogs um and so off she went drove down um it was like an eight hour drive and she rented a, yeah. camp, a, a cargo van and we just loaded it with as many kennels as we could not knowing what we were getting into right and then what we found was over 150 dogs on this premises where this older couple you know sad story they'd had some dogs they'd not been neutered then you know, so they had started having puppies, etc. And then people realized there were more dogs. So they started dumping dogs there. And, you know, so it just grew and grew and grew. But, um, and then the, 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 the family actually had a house fire. So the house burnt down. So there's, you know, over 150 dogs on this burnt down property, you know, just absolutely tragic. None, I mean, the dogs were basically feral, never been on a leash. Um, he certainly knew their names and loved them, but had you know there just was really no um care being taken so she drove down all the way like kelly said good eight hours or so loaded up and then drove back um and what that did for us because we started posting about needing help and we had probably about 15 people waiting at the center and it was like midnight 11 o'clock at yeah. night yeah um, ready with a plan to like tag these dogs, bathe these dogs, you know, deep detick and deep, you know, pick off, get tweezers out and take the ticks off them, um, you know, get them registered and then get them settled. And um, and she ended up going back again uh, to get some more. Now that first weekend, um, we basically were there the whole time. We we're you know as long as we could be and. Um, people just kept showing up. It was it was the most unbelievable experience. Um, for me, it's, it was it's the reason why this is so close to my heart. Is literally from the moment we started the discussion, you know, we 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 somehow found ourselves on on TV. We, um, you know, people were just they were turning up. Donations were coming in. People were turning up with bags of you know, towels and blankets and toys. What do you need? When do you need us to be here? People, you know, they were giving their time as well as their, you know, financial support. Um, you know, we, we, we joke that, you know, we, we, we had one, one um, chap came out to the rescue and he, um, he kind of offered to do some handyman stuff around the, uh, around the facility. And I, you know, I did, did the tour and, at the end, he's like, oh, yeah, we can do this. We can do this. At which point, as I was trying to say thank you, I collapsed in tears because, you know, you're so tired and overwhelmed. And um, it was it was just 
an expression of the humanity that is out there. It was just, you know, the, the, the support and the good news story that we had with that. Um, it was just incredible. It was overwhelming um, because we spend all our time, I think, reading bad news and, and negative things. And, you know, when something like this happens, you realize that's not real. That's that's five percent of what's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the real stuff. And so for me, that probably epitomized what rescue is all about and why why we're involved. You know, we've I've met people I'd never have met, and we just see the good. And I, I also think um, the the dogs that you're rescuing they're slightly different as well because it's not like these aren't dogs that are in a shelter that are easy that are probably would be easy to be adopted out. I mean, some of these dogs, they have bullet holes, they have missing limbs. They have like severe, I mean, it is astonishing to see what they survive through. And my favorite part of the whole Mm -hmm. Facebook thing is seeing the before and after how they recover and how loving and like, and you see what they've gone through and it's just, and that's a tribute to what you do because that only, only amazing love and people can do that. It can help a dog recover from that kind of trauma. You know, it's, it's really admirable. Um, and it's funny, there's a local coffee shop here and I went there the other day for the first time and they gave me a, a sleeve on my coffee mug and it says, may you be the type of person your dog thinks you are. Mm-hmm. And like, I was like, how did they know? Did I look like a crazy dog lady? I wasn't wearing my rescue shirt. What, how did they know? But they probably, it, did. Kind of, probably did. Um, and they actually have a dog parking lot. So I like leave my dogs there and I go up anyway. Um, but it, it's true. It, it's absolutely amazing how forgiving these dogs are. Like Cecil's walking around with bullets, got left and just loves people. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they're just so forgiving. And, and we've had sadly some very aggressive dogs too, that you can tell. Uh, I just adopted one out. Somebody, that these people surrendered him with a shot collar and a spray bottle of like a poison spray to get him to, to act right. And so the minute I took it out of the bag, he just cowers and freaks out and you can tell he tensed up. And it's like, there, there's just some really sad things. And yet this dog still allowed me um, to, to handle him and, and tried to trust me the best that he could try to regain that trust. Um, so it, it's absolutely admirable how quickly dogs try and, 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 overcome what they've done and really just see the good in people and it, it's you know sad, sad that we I think we've all somewhat learned off of it the one you asked kind of what some of the toughest parts have been um as a volunteer organization for the most part you know we, we try and watch every dollar possible um, and we've never turned down a medical case um and and many times we'll see you know I, I had one we had pulled the, the Rio Grande Valley was flooding and we had a boat bringing dogs to us um and the dogs all had distemper and ended up passing away except for one. And, and the amount of money we spent on them trying to get them out of that, that um, situation and really try to do it and just to watch it all go. And we had invested so much time in those dogs. It, it, was, it was, you know, it was probably my first big rescue because I think there were like 10 dogs at the same time. And sadly only one survived. And so it was just a, a heartbreaking thing to go, we go through all of this and, um, you know, can't get it. But there's, there's lights that came out of that. We partnered with other rescue organizations. That's how we found our new director. Um, you know, and, and, and so there's always kind of a silver lining, but the one thing that you'll find out about dog rescue, sadly, is there are a lot of passionate people. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so there's a lot of ideas on how to do things. And, and, you know, it's an interesting way because we're all like, can it just be good for the dogs? Well, there, there's just so many, um, people telling you how to do things differently, that it can really just get you burned out. Like Judy and I are sometimes like, we're not even getting paid. Why are we doing this? Like all these people are having this idea or this idea. And this is like, okay. But in the end, we know the difference that we're making. We know how we're getting there. We also, we try and run our expenses so close. Um, you know, so to Judy's point, when that, we had that hoarding situation, one, it may have been the person she's referring to, they built a fence around our property because these dogs have never seen a leash. And we were carrying a hundred pound dogs out we don't have a staff except one person on it a single time. So they can't carry a kennel with a hundred pound dog in it out every time. So the amount of volunteer work that had to come through um, and, and our, our staff, we, we pay them essentially minimum wage and, and they do it truly for the love of the dog. It's not like we have a lot of money out there because we'd rather do it on the, use that money on medical cases and use it to save more dogs. So really everybody that's involved in the organization truly does it out of the love of their heart. 
Um, and as much as we'd love to give back and, and I mean, our staff is worth so much, um, it's just, it's not feasible for us to do it. So we're very fortunate to have found the people that are truly run on passion and, and, and contribute so well to, to making these dogs, um, you know, have a, such a different forever. We're really fortunate in that aspect of it. Mm, that's we're also, um, really, really grateful last year. We, um, we were actually uh, nominated in the um, Nonprofit of the Year Award for um, for uh, Dallas D Magazine, and um, we were lucky enough to um, be a finalist in that. So, uh, although we didn't win, we were in such amazing company. Um, but we were, you know, finalist of four in the, the the small smaller size category. So, I mean, again, that that is all down to the actions of our staff of our um, volunteers, of our fosters, uh, and also just, you know, not forgetting the, the, the staff and team members at the restaurants because, you know, they, they go a long way of spreading the word and, you know, letting people know about us. And so we're, we're really grateful for that partnership too. That's amazing. What is, uh, what is the vision moving forward? Like, um, do you all have a sense of like, do you want to keep scaling are you just trying to mm -hmm. manage or um you know yeah. if um if we if we wanted to talk about our, our BHAG or you know our big hairy audacious goal yeah um you know I think ultimately we'd all love to have a you know a kind of a sanctuary you know big property with land and um you know be able to take a large number of dogs and also know that if some don't find homes then you know they've got somewhere to be um you know at this point obviously what we're trying to do is it, it, as kelly said is, is just manage our expenses and just keep you know just keep fighting through right now keeping you know we've scaled so much but yet we've actually you know our staff levels are still low and um you know the the, the dog numbers have gone up but not much else so uh i think you know that's kind of out there in the future is, you know, is, is that something we can start building towards? And, you know, you, you see a lot of organizations having sort of big capital projects and that's not, not, not somewhere we've gone yet, but, you know, it is something we would, um, we would like to, to think about and having a, a better facility and, um, you know, moving into that sort of bigger, uh, bigger space. But, but we also all know that we, we love the feel of the rescue. Um, you know, we like the informality. We like the, if you go by our center these days, I mean, not right now because of COVID, but you know, prior to that, I mean, it became, it's become a bit of a hangout, you know, people stop by and they just play with the dogs and hang out. And, you know, it's just a really warm, welcoming place with very few rules other than, you know, sort of, you know, safety and, and dog concern. But, um, yeah, we'd like to do something that would allow us to scale up, <clears throat> but, but keep that kind of same feeling. And you would think that with all the land in Texas that someone would have, mm -hmm. someone listening perhaps would have some <laughs> extra acres that would like to donate towards this. Yeah, yeah. we are currently located um, and, and we were just fortunate enough to even find this space, but it's kind of like an old warehouse district and it's right along train tracks, which freak the dogs out. And it's down a really long dirt road. Um, so it's not, it, we don't get foot traffic. You really have to be dedicated to find us. Um, you know, it is somewhat in the Metroplex. It's, it, you know, uh, kind of on the outskirts, but at least we can get, it's somewhat convenient for people to get to, which is always a hard part. Um, but, you know, we make the best of what we can. And like I said, we had a fence donated there. And so at least we can keep the dogs safe and, and even though, and they finally get used to the trains, but we, we do what we can. Um, but yes, it, in the perfect world, we'd, we'd have a, a, a rolling acres, not a train <laughs> station of, of a place. And, um, but sure, we don't, sure. we, we recognize some have gotten very, some other rescues have gotten very big and sadly they've kind of imploded um, because you get so many different um, thoughts and, and then you, you, as you grow, you have to have a much stricter board and, and lots of different things. So um, it's nice to keep the intimate feelings. If you were to call me about a dog, I most likely know about it and, and can, you know, to talk about it um and so it, it's nice because we personally feel connected to each and every one of the dogs it's not they're no longer a number and and they won't be a number for us so and that, that's you are nice because i initially um applied for goldie uh and 
and then ended up with, with Dot. It, but because you knew, you were like, no, I think I've got one for you. I think I've got one that's going to be just right for you. So, um, and that's because, you know, I mean, you really take the time and, and care. And that, that is such a difference. Oh, gosh, here she's going to show me Cecil. Well, and Goldie's sitting right here. I was oh, going to say she's probably yes. going to sh- jump up in just, just a second because she's oh. right here. She'd never left. Oh. After over a year of uh, trying to find a, a forever home, I decided I couldn't let her go and, and, and transition her. She was 11 and a half when I got yeah. her. Yeah. She's now almost so I wasn't going to make her spend, you know, transition one more time if she was okay here. So and now she's anti-aging, so, but she, she'll come up in a second. She, she doesn't like to be picked up apparently. Yeah. She's Cecil. a bit of a Benjamin Button dog. Oh, I was like, here's Cecil and there's Hi, Goldie Cecil. next to her. And there's Goldie. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so we do have it. They're all around. Yes. Yes. Oh, they're, they're enjoying COVID now that I'm home. Oh, I bet. I yeah. bet. Yeah. Dottie really you know, hasn't. COVID's been a, a blessing in disguise. Um, sadly, we can't have the volunteers that we'd like to, and we, we'd have to put up some walls, but we also were introduced to a lot of people to Judy's credit or point. A lot of people were looking to adopt and, and, and built our foster network home, so we'd ha- we've had to be creative in how we tap into people. Um, originally, we were founded by Jay Jarrier and the restaurants, and we used to get a percentage of sales from the restaurants. Sadly, um, restaurants are struggling to survive, you know, in COVID times. Um, so we, we've been fortunate enough to keep some of our funding up through public uh, outside donors and, and some of our supporters there. Obviously, going without that restaurant funding has been tough on us, um, but, but we're trying to make it work um, and just wish that we could still have the camaraderie and the volunteers that we used to and, and you know, have them show up um, and, and walk dogs and stuff. But for everybody's safety, we can't do that right now. So pros and cons of COVID, um, but we're, we're getting through it as much as we can. Yeah, yeah for sure. Hopefully that's going to start changing uh, soon, you know. Um, yeah, hopefully this is going to start to taper off. Um, but in the meantime, we all get creative. Um, that's right. Yeah. I think hmm. the one thing that's really cool about dog rescue, and this is just my own personal thoughts, um, yeah. is it, it never becomes just a number, at least it hasn't for us. Um, there's always dogs you bond with more than others. Um, but I, I remember the, you know, the feeling of each dog that we've had come through and one's going to start squeaking her toy right now. Um, but hold on one second. Thank you, ma'am. I appreciate that. Uh, we don't need that right now, but each, each dog kind of leaves a footprint on your heart to some extent. And it's so rewarding. Everybody will say, I can't foster. I just fall in love with every dog. There's no way I can foster. Um, and that would have been me too. And I probably would have ended up with a hundred dogs, but it's finding the homes that just make those dogs lives so much better. I mean, not yeah. seeing the world right now. And I was at the time gone 10 hours a day working and, and now she's never, you know, she's living in her own world where you cater to her. So there's so many, you know, I'll never forget these pictures of this like little girl hugging on another foster of mine. And one time a little girl comes over and she brought this whole backpack. I brought him a stick and I brought him a this and here's this new toy and I made this place in the bed for him. And these are all experiences that these dogs, you know, their wildest dreams are. So for me to stand in the way and keep them all or to say I can't open my heart to fostering because it's going to hurt me too much for them to leave. It, it's I, 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 That was me the first time. Um, and yes, I have failed on a dog, but it's so rewarding to see the the forever that these dogs get and sadly some of them you know have only been we've had quite a few tragic cases this year where they you know a month into being adopted they are um diagnosed with cancer and things like that but gosh to know that that dog had a month of of amazing life and and dogs memories are somewhat short which is wonderful and that that made their whole life and and we're yeah. we're able to make their whole life from being you know, in a bad situation or in a, in a shelter. So as much as it, it's tough for us, it's amazing for us to, to, to see them have these transformations um, and, and just know that there's a, a silver lining on the end. Absolutely. Well, and I think also the, you know, the other side to that. So as a foster, I mean, Ke- Kelly does a lot more fostering than I do, but as a foster yet, you know, it's great to see the impact it has on the dog, but it's also the impact it has on the adopter. So um, and a slight personal story, um, my dog that I mentioned earlier, Simone, I had actually, um, I had had cancer and I had, I was just, I'd had some treatment and, you know, it was obviously much better, but just before I went back to work, um, 
that was the weekend that Kelly had said, you know, will you just look after Simone? She's, you know, someone's adopted her, but they're returning her and I'm out of town and I don't want her to go to the rescue. And um, so for some reason, I, I mean, I hadn't had a dog since I was a child. Um, and But for some reason I was like, okay, I'll, you know, she can come over. And she was like, you know, she's a great dog. You'll love her. I think she had a cunning plan, but, um, but she, she, you know, she came in and the, Christina, one of our other colleagues who worked at the rescue at the time, she went back to the rescue and said that dog's never leaving there. And she never did leave. And for me, it was it was the the absolute right time. And I know it's, uh, you know, I hate, to, it's a cliche to say she saved me because I think maybe that's a bit extreme for me, but, but she changed my life. Um, you know, in terms of having her there the relationship you know and just the fun and the love and and then more and more involvement in the rescue so you know kelly's right it's amazing to see what happens when you hand a dog off for the dog but what also happens to the 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 owner is is incredible too so you know being a foster is just such an amazing thing to do and to Kelly's point, being part of the rescue and, and having those upsides, that's what keeps it going. I mean, we, as she said, we've had some terrible times and, you know, we, we very, very rarely have to um, euthanize a dog. But when it happens, it, I mean, we're all, we're all wrecked because we're so connected. Um, so it's, you know, it's a, it, it's amazing. It's an amazing thing to be part of. It really is. And um, thank you for sharing that story because it, it's so true. I think um, I was going through a separation, ultimate, what ultimately ended in a divorce when I adopted Dot. And she, I'd never had a dog. <laughs> that was the other thing. <laughs> so I remember sitting her in the back seat and I was just like, you have to tell me if I'm doing this right. I'm like, my turn. And, and we still have that understanding that she tells, and she's so, I mean, she pot, she will tell you exactly, or talk to you and tell you exactly if you're not doing something right, or if she's not happy about something. Oh my gosh. She's very demonstrative. Um, but she really trained me and, um, and for sure was a big part of my healing and like how I'm so joyful, like each and every day. Um, it's mm -hmm. so much fun being with her. She's such a great companion. And like, when I roll over in the middle of the night, her foot's in my forehead. It's she's just, you know, I can't ever be mad at her. She's she's amazing. Mm -hmm. um, but um, I one thing that I thought of when we were when you were telling that story is like, what can you tell people? What makes a good foster home situation, or what do you look for in a, you know, in both like a foster situation or in an adopt an adoptive situation? The willingness to love. I mean, yeah. it, it's, it, it, it doesn't take a massive backyard. It doesn't take you being home all the time. It doesn't take a million dollars. It takes you just wanting to love a dog. And it's amazing how the dog recognizes it and changes. I mean, there is always a trying time. So maybe not caring that your window still gets eaten up a little bit, um, but, or, you know, having a little bit of temperament on that. But we, some of the most amazing fosters have come out of a one bedroom apartment and working 10 hours a day and you know they probably would say I, I don't think I can and am I a good fit and absolutely they are because they're willing to try um, and so really just anybody willing to try anything and, and to be part of the bigger picture makes an amazing foster home makes an amazing adopter hmm. there's there's nothing that that's anything that's pre-described and in fact if you see the most amazing beautiful houses and rolling backyards etc you know, the dog just wants to be next to you. They don't care if they have all that plush land to run and, and they just want to be next to you. You know, many of the dogs do. So it, it, it really, that's all they want. Mm, that's so true. Never really heard it put that way. I like that. Um, I was going to say something else and I completely, it does make, I will tell you though, it makes it easier to give them up too. Cause I'm like, I'm at work eight hours a day or whatever, and I'm <laughs> never home. So, so therefore they have these rolling green acres and I feel much better about when I, when I, uh, foster and, and adopt, but you know, cause not every time you get to know the people as intimately as I've, I've gotten to know y'all. Um, but it, it's always, you know, a good situation for the dogs and you can tell. 
Um, so if someone's interested in adopting um, your process, is it still the same where you go online and you fill out an application and I can't remember if there was a fee and then you, yep. I, yeah. I, I think you contacted me and we chatted. I can't remember now. It's been. <clears throat> so yeah. Um, yeah, it's fairly, it's fairly simple. Um, you can go online to uh, org. Um, and we have an adopt. And for the people that don't understand the British accent, it's basically spelled Cane Rosso. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the Italian pronunciation. Thank I, I'm, you. I'm positive yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, put, I'll, I'll be sure to put everything in the show notes, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so in the adopt section, you can, you'll fill in an application form. We ask for, you know, information, of, you know, basically, you know, where you, where you are, where you live, um, some experience of your past dogs, you know, you know, we're in Texas, so we're, you know, we heavily believe in um, heartworm treatment and flea and tick prevention. So we, you know, we ask histories about those things. Um, and then um, you'll be reached out to by a member of the team and we will, uh, we, we do virtual home visits to make sure um, that, you know, you are who you say you are and where you are. So we'll ask for you to provide some photos of kind of the key places in the home that your dog's going to spend time it's not like we want a tour of your house but we you know where, where's your dog going to be um you know so we can approve you and and at that point point once you're approved we'll either connect you with the foster of the dog if there's one you're interested as in foster or we'll call and you know get a, arrange a meet arrange for you to come to the center to do a meeting if the, the dog's there um you know if you're not sure which dog or there's a few you know we'll also um you know we'll have a call with you and just kind of talk you through here's some options what are you looking for let's get the right fit for both you and the dog um there is a fee um uh the fees are on the website um but i will tell you that um the, the fees our average cost per dog is um is higher than the fee that we charge um and, and unfortunately, uh, being in Texas, we have some cookie rule that has just come up that um, we do now have to charge <coughs> a sales tax on the adoption fee. Yeah. Um, so you'll see that on the website as well. But yeah, so so there's a fee and then we'll send you a contract. We have some specific rules in the contract. You know, for example, if you if you decide you no longer want the dog, which unfortunately happens more often than you'd like to think, um, you know, you 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 have to come to us first. You know, we we don't want you to just hand the dog off to other people, etc. Um, and then, yeah, we cover um, as part of the adoption fee, we cover all um, you know microchip, spay and neuter, um, vaccinations up to the point that they are adopted. Um, you know, if the dog comes to us heartworm positive, we cover heartworm treatment even while even once you've taken it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a fairly simple process, um, hopefully fairly painless. Uh, the only real issue these days, which is a great problem to have, is we have multiple, you know, when we have multiple applications for a dog, obviously we, uh, our approach is very much that we find the first best fit. So it doesn't have to be the first application, it's the first best fit that we can get for the dog. So, um, but yeah, so simple. Again, uh, www.caneroso.org.kelly.says.hahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahah
offer some training assistance or offer feedback or just just you know overall try and stay connected we have a an adopter um, and foster uh, special closed group Facebook so that we can keep in touch with all of the so I'll have to get you added I just remember that I was like um, you do wait yeah, yeah. <laughs> I haven't added you yet, so we'll have to make sure we add you. You, you adopted okay. before the Facebook page. Yeah, this yeah. is way before we had this thing. So. That's okay. I but just it, it, I just text you. So. With everybody. Yeah, I, and I love the Christmas cards and everything. Like, it, it's nice yeah. to have that constant connection because we, you know, sometimes we, we don't know where the dogs are. You know, we know they're with a loving family, but they don't think we want to be bothered with that, and we love the updates, and we, we love seeing um, where it is. So that's what's nice is it's, it's becoming like a community for many of the adopters as well. Yeah. That is so cool. Well, one of the things I wanted to do with this show is not only raise awareness of what you're doing, but I also want to raise money. And so um, I have pledged, and I'm going to put this on all of my social outlets, that for every free click, all someone has to do is subscribe to a YouTube channel or podcast just to listen to this. Just subscribe. And I will donate, I will match that with a dollar. And so um, everyone, please share, share with friends, strangers, anyone. I mean, I, I want to raise money. I want to donate on everyone's behalf. Um, free to them means so much to everyone. Awesome. And yeah, Thank and hopefully, so yeah, I'll keep this going for a bit. And I hope that I can uh, help contribute to all the great things that you're doing. And um, and yeah, and hopefully in, te- well, for sure, in uh, October when we get to Texas, um, we'll have a little, another visit and get to, you know, catch up in person. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. But thank also, you. No, awesome. Thank you yeah. so much for having us on here. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And thanks for yeah. staying in contact. As, as mentioned, we love to see the happy stories and, and we love to know how they're thriving and, and it, it's just an awesome opportunity to see that. Yes. Yes. It's really, it's so, my pleasure. Heather, you mentioned oh. that you always have like a of the show right so I, I i think the one that got both judy and i kind of wrapped in was that lily tomlin quote and it's on our website it's kind of our, yes. our, our tagline on it so i'm, I'm just going to remind everybody to it because as you scroll through facebook pages and as you scroll past dogs on the highway and, and you hear stories um and this was me it was constantly me it was you know i always said somebody should do something about it and then i realized i was somebody and, and so whatever your cause is um you know there's ways that you can give back and, and this one has become important to us but it, instead of just kind of watching what else can you do and so that that's really been our tagline and, and we're fortunate enough to surround ourselves with people that do it but I wanted to make sure we kind of highlighted that that quote because it, it wrote me in so fast and I was just was like looking at that you know a Facebook page and I was like what stops me from fostering what stops me from helping volunteering five dollar pledge whatever it is there's nothing that, that stops me, but all of that adds up to a huge impact. And it really, so. I'm so glad you reminded me of that, my own quote of the week that I found. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I'm so glad. And, and the thing is, it does all add up, right? Like we, mm-hmm. people, th- Amazing. we, we think um, that we have to make this huge difference or do this big, a big gesture, but honestly, $5 is a lot. Like any amount yeah. that people can give um, or just time that they can give or sharing or, you know, everyone has, um, a unique gift or ability, you know, it's like, so any, all of that helps, all of that contributes. And, um, and it's really meaningful, even, even if it's just sharing the story to someone else who, yeah, might, I was gonna say, you, you know? don't understand how powerful the share button on Facebook is. You see a dog that you think's cute or a story that speaks to you, push share. I can't tell you how many people we found that have found their forever dogs just by a simple that, oh, my friend showed this on their Facebook page and I didn't even know you guys existed. So I'm, every the ways to help are free, you know, many times or if, if you're able to help, but that just small acts make a huge impact. Absolutely. Okay, before we ring off, I'm going to unhook and take you outside so you Perfect. can see Miss Dottie. And she's, she is so dirty right now. Okay, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> can't wait to see her though. Unhook this, unhook this, and okay. Can you hear me? Should be mm-hmm. able to hear me. Yeah. Okay. Daddy, <gasps> look at her. What you doing? What you doing, hey, baby girl? Stop talking, Kelly. We can't see you. <laughs> oh, sorry. Wait, can you see her? Oh, here we go. Dad. Hey, look, look. Who is it? Who is it? That's your first mom. Is it? <gasps> is that your first mom? Are you show me your butt. Oh. <laughs> I want to touch you, but I can't do that. And also, like, hold on. Uh, <laughs> hi, babe. Yeah. 
She's such a little goat. She was always our little goat. She is. Her little, <laughs> that's her favorite move is to put her butt in. Yep. <laughs> She's right? such a little goat. Hi, baby girl. What you doing, Cleopatia? What you doing? Oh, I'm so glad to see her happy and thanks oh for showing God. us her. Yes, yes. Just her little. <laughs> y'all enjoy your adventures. home. Dots, dots, pod. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> y'all enjoy your adventures. She's so lucky to get to see the world. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much again. Um, I don't know where I'd be without her. I certainly wouldn't be as happy. Um, so yeah, she's, she's my everything. Nor, um, nor would she be as happy. So gl <laughs> glad it was a match. Yes, absolutely. Well, thanks for taking the time. So great to catch up. And um, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll be in touch soon. Sounds great. Awesome. Thanks, Heather. Have a good travel. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Flipping Dreams. As always, please subscribe. Please send this to friends and family, strangers on the street. Share the love because when we all succeed, it makes our world a better place. Have a wonderful day and I'll see you back here next week on Flipping Dreams.